Welcome to episode 79 of the Women of Marvel podcast, where we assemble to talk all things Marvel and more. This is Judy Stevens, producer, bringing you our next Woman of Marvel, Agent Carter podcast. During a set visit a few weeks ago, I chatted with a few of the Marvelous ladies working on season two. Next up is a three-part interview with showrunners Tara Butters and Michelle Fazekas, plus writers Lindsay Allen and Sue Chung. Enjoy. Welcome to the Women of Marvel podcast, where we assemble to talk all things Marvel and more. This is Judy Stevens, producer, bringing you another Agent Carter podcast. And today, I am very excited to have on the podcast, for a second time, the showrunners of Agent Carter, Tara Butters and Michelle Fazekas. Hello, guys. Hey. Hello. So, we've had you on before, and we talked a little bit about Captain Marvel, but we've never had an opportunity to talk about Carter before, so I'm really excited to have you on, especially as we go into Season 2. We're excited to be here. And so, with Season 2, we have more episodes, more things going on, uh, a couple new characters, but what, can you guys tease a little bit about what uh, viewers at home should expect from Season 2? New locations. Uh, Peggy gets a, uh, onto a case that brings her out to Los Angeles, so most of the story takes place in LA, um, which gives sort of a, a really nice new uh, look to the show. It still feels like the same show, but um, you know, we were so inspired in the first season by sort of film noir, um, and we'd always been talking about movies like Chinatown or LA Confidential, and so. It, this sort of storytelling really lends itself to, you know, Los Angeles in 1947. Um, so you get the glamour of old Hollywood, and you get sort of crime and corruption. Um, and so we're really excited about it. And you know, and the, so I, I would. There's, uh, we've talked about it in other, you know, in press. You know, our villain is Whitney Frost who is Madame Mask in the comic books. Um, and she, this is sort of our version of Whitney Frost, and she's played by Wynne Everett, and is great. Um, uh, we also have um, a little love interest for Peggy uh, uh, in uh, Jason Wilkes, who is a scientist. Um, because at the end of last season, Peggy has sort of kind of put uh, Captain America to rest. Like, she sort of said goodbye to him in her own way. And so now she's sort of open up to new things in her life. And telling a story in Los Angeles, we, we sort of thematically said, well, you know, people come to L.A. to sort of make a new star or sort of reinvent themselves. So uh, we have a little bit of a love triangle for Peggy. Um, uh, we have uh, another character from the comics, Joseph Manfredi, who is the, the Magia sort of... Uh, crime boss played by Ken Marino who is fantastic and we've worked with Ken before he can both be really funny and a real psycho at the same time <laughs> so you get to see a great range from Ken 
excited to sort of see it come to life. I was on set uh, a few weeks ago and, you know, got to see the costumes and a couple scenes being filmed. And, um, and, and I'm very excited to sort of see L.A., the, ni- the 1940s L.A. come to life. But yeah. So with, with, uh, with 10 episodes, is it easier or harder to tell the story now that you have more time? You know, I think with 10 episodes, it's really allowed us to kind of expand the storytelling to um, both the character and the plot. Um, You know, it was funny when we were doing the first season, it felt like right around episode, you know, five and six, that's when all the, the story just started to kind of like race to the finish. And it was one reason why we're really happy to have the 10 episodes. Not that I think that we get off to a really great start um, in the first episode, but the fact is it just allowed us to have a lot more story to tell on the Whitney Frost storyline, um, on Jason Wilkes. I mean, plus you get to see Peggy and Jarvis and um, her relationship with how it changes with all the different people in her life. And and one of the things when I was on set was I was able to talk to a couple of your uh, a couple of your writing team and sort of talk about their processes and how the writer's room is. But I think it's really amazing about this show is that it's a leading lady and it's the showrunners are women. And that I feel like you guys bring such a refreshing look to how a character, a female character should be written in Hollywood. Um, what is it like to write a character like Peggy? Well, Peggy, I would say Peggy starts and ends with, with Haley Atwell. Um, and Haley can sort of do anything. Um, and and, and it, was, it was a role actually created by Marks and McFeely for the movies, and they wrote the pilot. And so Haley is so easy to write for because you know she can do comedy, she can do slapstick, she can do drama, um, she can say any complicated scientific jargon with such ease. Um, so I, I love it, and I, and I love being able to, um, you know, write a character that, uh, it, you know, she has such a, she has such a, a strong core. She, she's both physically strong, but also just sort of emotionally strong and, and has such strong ideals. Um, but the nice thing about the second season is we get to see her sort of awkward. Like when you put, when you when you put her into a situation that might be a romantic situation, it's very interesting what it does to Peggy, where she's like, I don't know what I'm going to do with this. <laughs> um, so it's kind of fun and sweet. Um, but uh, I couldn't love this character more, and all the characters. I think she and Jarvis have such a lovely rapport. Um, and we have sort of opened up the show. Um, and been able to tell other stories outside of Peggy that are great. So we have, as Tara was saying, we have 10 episodes. So we really get into 
Whitney Frost and sort of understanding Whitney Frost. We, we never want to write a villain that's just evil for the sake of being evil. Um, and we even have an episode where you sort of see the origins of Whitney Frost and, the, and, and sort of paralleling that with the origins of Peggy Carter and how these two women who are, are similar in many ways, they're, they're very smart, very beautiful, and turn out very different. Um, so I, you know, and I really love being able to sort of move between all of those worlds and, and start to, to, to really develop the whole ensemble. And so for, you know, you have a, a it's you two and, and, a, and, a, and a team of writers. Can you talk a little bit about, like, what the process of your writer's room is? Uh, actually, we have probably one of the best writer's rooms I've ever had a chance to work with. Um, we usually take the first couple weeks before the writers start to work with um, our counterpart, Chris Dingus, and last year we were lucky to grab Marcus McFeely for a little bit. And we broke the tent poles of what we thought the second season was going to be. And we actually, we had to, before ABC even had picked up the show for a second season, they said, well, come in and pitch us what the second season would be. So we used those tent poles, and when the writer's room started, we had, like, the framework for what the second season was. And what was amazing was what the writers brought to the table in flushing out those episodes um, and kind of bringing those characters to life. And basically, we work as a group and break each episode, and then the writer goes off and writes the outline and writes the script, and we give notes, and, you know, and that's sort of the process. And we kind of, the writer, which may, doesn't happen on every show, but we like the writer to be involved from when we're putting it up on the board to in the editing room. And I think it allows there to be a continuity because we're not always on set since there's, We'll, we'll be still breaking episodes and rewriting and doing all the different stages that need to happen, the writer of each episode kind of shepherds it through the entire process. I actually noticed that when I was on set. I, I watched the, uh, the, I think they were filming episode eight when I was there and sort of like seeing the writer sort of work through with the actors and, and like there was like one line that they weren't quite sure and it was sort of amazing to see that come to life you know being able to see a, a scene change and maybe evolve or you know stay exactly the same like the script was written. Yeah and you know I think that it gives a certain comfort to both the director to the actors when you have a writer on set um, not that we're literally watching to see if every word is said the way it's written, but in case there is something that, you know what, the set isn't quite the way we had written or um, you need more dialogue to cover a walk or like you witnessed where the actor was having a difficulty with the way the line was written and wanted to it adjusted. And it's allows things to happen more smoothly, I think, if the writer's on set. Yeah, I can't wait to see what that scene looks like once it's all edited and be like, oh, I was there. I watched that. <laughs> <laughs> do you guys watch the t- the show when it comes out on uh, on Tuesday nights? Or do yeah, you... I do. And I don't always on TV shows that I've worked on because at a certain point you have seen, I've seen the episodes 50 times. <laughs> and I, I like watching it with my kids. Yeah. Do you, guys, do you guys live tweet? 
Yeah, you know, we do. I mean, it, it's one of those things where I have to say there have been a couple times where it takes away a little bit of, for me, of the experience. Like, I really do enjoy jump. Um, I'm sorry, there's literally like a squadron of like World War II planes flying overhead. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, but no, it, like, weirdly, as much as I work on this show, I'm a fan. And I, I will live tweet, but at times there's like, I want to watch it with my kids and watch them enjoy yeah, it. Enjoy the experience, yeah. yeah. I do think that's the one thing I've sort of talked about with, with all the different cast and crew on the show is that the fans for for Peggy are so amazing and so loud and so, you know, it's so great to sort of watch them, like, bring these, you know, like, they, they put the costumes on and they show up at, like, the cons. I mean, having the Peggy Carter meet up at San Diego Comic Con was magical. Uh, and I'm not surprised. I think it's it's Haley, and it's a great character that Marcus McFeely created. And I think it really shows that people sort of crave that type of character in any storytelling, not just Marvel storytelling. So changing gears slightly, uh, another heroine that you guys are working on is you are now writing the Captain Marvel comic. Yes, sir. And so I think by the time this podcast out, issue number one will be out. Um, but can you talk a little bit about how different and unique this process of writing a comic has been versus writing a TV show? You know, it was a. I, I, I'm really glad we did it. It, it in that I, I I think it's always good to sort of challenge yourself with new things. It it is in some ways a similar process, and in some ways a wholly new way of writing uh, and so we had a learning curve like well you know you're our biggest problem with it was we, we we broke way too much story for 20 pages and I, they actually gave us 22 pages in, in the first issue because it was and so really sort of tailoring it okay there's like six panels at most and you don't always want six panels so so telling a story you know it, it, when you're writing a TV show you're, you're also telling a story visually but uh, really sort of thinking about each individual image and what you want to show and what you don't need to show. Um, so it, it, was def- it was definitely a, a big learning experience for us, but it was fun. And can you talk a little bit about, you know, where you're hoping to take Captain Marvel, where you're hoping to take Carol in this series? Well, it was a unique opportunity in that um, part of what we were kind of given to start this new arc was Alpha Flight and the space station, and one of the things that we discussed was sort of like, what is, how is this different for Carol? What are what are the challenges she's facing with this new um, position? And that's one of the things we wanted to address throughout the arc was sort of, you know, how do you go from being, you know, she's 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 always been a hero, and you know a leader, but how do you switch over to being sort of the commander of everybody and knowing when to step back? When do you allow, when do you have to to be more of a leader than a hero, sort of? Well, and, and Marvel came to us with, a, they had a, they really wanted to sort of establish sort of Carol's 
place within the Marvel universe. Like where, like we know that you know the Avengers are protecting Earth, and we know that the Guardians are out in space, sort of way out there. And so they said we want Carol to be the sort of first line of defense for Earth, and they really wanted to establish her mission statement, essentially. So uh, that was, uh, and, and they came to us and they said we want her on a space station. Um, and so I got to use a lot of my Star Trek uh, knowledge. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I vaguely remember when we first talked about this, sort of talking about space and designing and, like, space history. I I, I love sort of seeing space stuff come to life. Uh, and obviously the, the element of, of sort of Star Wars everywhere right now is also <laughs> here, yeah. even here at Marvel. Uh, but I'm very excited to sort of uh, see uh, your version of Carol come to life. Uh, and uh, it's, it's, as this podcast is airing, uh, the first issue is in stores right now. Make sure you guys go pick it up and pre-order uh, episode uh, issue two. And Agent Carter is also airing uh, Tuesday nights on ABC. Um, we want to thank both of you guys for joining us again on the Women of Marvel podcast. Thank you. Thank you. We will check you guys later. This is Marvel, your universe. Welcome to the Woman of Marvel podcast, where we assemble to talk all things Marvel and more. This is Judy Stevens, and I'm on set right now at Agent Carter, and I'm bringing to you one of the writers. Why don't you introduce yourself? Hi, I'm Lindsay Allen, and I'm one of the writers of Agent Carter. Yeah, well, thank you for joining us. Thank you for having me. So this is your first podcast. Yes. Which is really exciting. (laughs) Don't be nervous. I promise you. It's just, we're just in a room with no windows talking Agent Carter. So uh, what I really want to talk to you first before we get into more of the Agent Carter stuff is how did you get started in writing? Is is this like a dream come true? Is this a thing that you just fell into? Um, No, it was something that I always kind of did on the side as a kid. But where I grew up, um, writing wasn't necessarily like a full-time job anywhere. And I moved to L.A. to work in television because I love television. And I discovered writing was a job. It was a full-time job. It was a great job. Um, so I'd been writing for TV ever since, just kind of paying my dues and working my way up, and yeah, finally landed here. And what I think is really sort of fascinating about TV and film writing is that it's very collaborative. It's, you know, you all get in a room, or multiple rooms, and you sort of talk through each episode, and, um, but why don't you talk a little bit about, like, what actually that process is when you guys are in the room? Um, our process is, uh, we get in the room, uh, our EPs this season at least had kind of a basic story that they were already ready to tell. They had two or three or four, like very large things that they wanted to hit this season. And for the first two weeks we sat down, um, all of us and we kind of hammered out an entire season, um, just Every episode, what's this episode basically about? What are huge moves for our characters for each episode? And so we could all, and we wrote it on these large cards and we stuck them up on the wall so they were obviously permanent. And then we always had that as a reference point. And that was the first two weeks. And then after that, once you finish that, you go, okay, episode one. And you look at the five cards you maybe have for episode one and you start making that into a six act story um just like kind of slot them in where you think they go and start really digging into characters and where you need them to be and where you want them to go and 
get into the gritty detail from there. And we're all involved. As you said, it's very collaborative. We all talk and argue and pitch and decide like what's best for Peggy and what's a great story and what's interesting. And it's a really, especially in this room, it's a really great process to be a part of. So for Agent Carter, it's a little bit shorter of a series. Is there more of a challenge to, to hit all those plot points in, you know, not a full 26-episode season? Um, it's probably easier to hit all those <laughs> plot points than it would be if it was a 22-episode season. Um, definitely. Uh, <laughs> it's nicer because you can see the kind of beast that is a season as a whole. And you can see it's not so far in the distance that you're like, oh, my gosh, in 20 episodes, this is going to happen. It's like, no, in six episodes, like, this has to happen. So we have to start, like, go backwards. You have to start setting it up here. So it kind of clears away, I think, a lot of clutter you may have in your head of, where, of things that you may assume should happen. But it's like, no, we don't have time. We have season we have 10 episodes so let's really talk about that whereas 22 episodes you have the blessing of it is you have a lot more time to spend with your characters and a lot more uh, fun things and uh, things for the characters to dive into but it's also it's a whole lot of work <laughs> so <laughs> yeah and and for Carter obviously it's based in the 40s um, you know, you were in New York and now you're, you're heading to L.A. Like, what's the sort of research process you get to make sure that, you know, that the words that you use are time specific and the phrases? And um, It's a lot of uh, online research. It's a lot of watching um, movies that either take place during that time period or uh, were shot during that time period and looking at old news articles and how they would report about certain famous figures and stuff like that and just researching the famous figures themselves. REPs have said, like, Hedy Lamarr was a huge inspiration this season, so looking into her and just the people around. Um, and looking into Los Angeles itself, it's just, I've lived here for 10 years and some of the history even I hadn't really looked into, so it was so interesting to start looking at these landmarks and like, wow, that was really around so much before even the 40s, and you never even think about when that would have started. So it was, it was fun, really, the research. Is it a little easier because you're in L.A. right now, and, you're, and you know, the entire series will be, season will be in L.A., just sort of to go to the place maybe? or um, It's easier on me because I'm not <laughs> as familiar with New York as the other writers are. A lot of our writers were very familiar with New York, so it was not... Um, a problem for them, but I, I definitely had a lot of questions last year about New York. Um, so it's easier for me that we're in LA and we can talk about streets and landmarks that I've either seen or heard about or been to several times. Um, I don't know if it's easier for the other writers. It's easier for me. I appreciate it. And obviously, you know, Agent Carter is, is one of those amazing shows that are on TV that is starring a woman. And it's, so refreshing to know that there are women behind Peggy writing her. Um, but in, in the end run, you don't want to like write, you don't, you know, like I talked to a lot of the S.H.I.E.L.D. people being like writing a badass character. You don't want to write Peggy to be so feminine, but you also want to give her, she want to be her, she wants to be a great character, not just because she's a woman. Correct. You want her, you always want, especially Peggy, to be kind of in a situation and we do look at, we set her up in situations, and then we sit there, what would Peggy do? And we talk about it a lot, and we 
talk about her emotions at the time and we while we're talking and it's all of us it's we have both men and women that do a great job on the show and we talk about what is the most what would she do both on an emotional level and on an intellectual level like who would she be and at the end of the day someone will say something and you're like you're right that's what she, that's what she would do you're absolutely right and we just and that's how it comes to that it's not it's not necessarily how as a woman would she deal with it? It's just how would Peggy, this character, being the person that we know she is, how would she react to all the situations? That's how we try to approach it, I think. I think you do a great job. I mean, Agent okay. Carter is amazing. I'm so, like, happy that it is part of the Marvel Cinematic Universe and that, you know, yeah, Peggy gets a voice. And it really has become this, like, phenomenon in the fans. Like, seeing at San Diego Comic-Con, we actually had, like, an Agent Carter flash mob nice. right after the signing um, at the booth. And so we had probably, like, 40 or 50 different variations of Peggy and some of the side characters. And sort of, like, and Haley was, like, right there being, like, this is so amazing. And so I think that, like, you know, the fans are so appreciative, and it's great that they can get on the Internet and talk about it. Do you sort of follow anything on Twitter or anything like that? or um, What do I follow? I love the cosplayers. Uh, I was at that flash mob. I love seeing it. I love seeing the support. I love the fan art. If you glance around my office, I happen to love the fan art a lot. Um, I just I love the support, and I love I, being a geek myself. I love being around people who love characters as much as I do and find inspiration in characters as much as I do, so it's, it's always great. It's always nice to see such support in Twitter, and I think Twitter's the only place I go. Yeah, Twitter. <laughs> there's, there's a lot on the internet. It can there's, be a, a little overwhelming. It can be overwhelming. I stick to Twitter, and then I take a nap or something. But, yeah. Is there any moments that you're super excited for for season two that you can tease us? Um, there are a lot of moments I'm super excited for. Uh, we actually, I don't know how much I can tease. We really kind of scored with our guest cast, and there's so many just fantastic actors that I'm so excited to just see their see their scenes play live. Um, Wynn Everett has just been fantastic. Uh, Curry Graham, who's playing her husband, has been amazing. He's so much fun to be with on set. Um, Sarah Bolger has been amazing. Um, it's real, I think it's more like I'm so excited for everyone to meet the new characters and see Peggy and everyone we already know interact with them that I just can't wait for that. I can't wait for everyone to meet Win and see what's happening. Well, thank you for joining us. Yeah. Do you have a, what's your Twitter for those that are uh, listening at home? At Lindsray Allen. So it's at L-I-N-Z-R-A-E-A-L-L-E-N. And you'll see me hashtagging a lot of Agent Carter stuff all the time. So pop up if you just search hashtag Agent Carter. And we'll make sure for the news article that'll go along with this that we'll put your your link on there. Okay, cool. Make sure everyone tunes in in January to watch all the amazing episodes of Agent Carter. Yes, please. Yes, please. Watch it all. Watch, watch it. it again. Watch it three times. Yes. <laughs> we will check you guys later. This is Marvel, your universe. Welcome to the Women of Marvel podcast, where we assemble to talk all things Marvel and more. This is Judy Stevens, producer, bringing you another one of the Agent Carter writers. Why don't you introduce yourself? Uh, my name is Sue Chung, and I am an executive story editor on the show here. So 
I'm very new to the TV writing world. So what is, you know, what, like there's, you know, there's executive producers and then there's writers and all these things. What does your title sort of mean on this spectrum? Um, I, I honestly think the way they title um, staff positions is kind of, it's a little bit arbitrary. <laughs> Some, you know, <laughs> on different shows, it can mean different things. Um, I think it really is just an indicator of what, how long you've been working in the industry, pretty much. So it starts with staff writer, then story editor, then executive story editor. And after that, you move up into producer levels. So you've got co-producer, producer, supervising producer, and then you get into co-executive producer, and then the big kahuna, <laughs> like the executive producer. See, no one's ever explained that to me before, so that was really informative, actually. <laughs> um, because, you know, uh, m my title here at, at Marvel is producer, which is very vague, but I don't do much writing mm -hmm. because sort of my, what I do at, at on, for Marvel.com is sort of I manage stuff mm -hmm. that usually doesn't need much writing. Um, but that was actually really informative. Uh, well, the thing is, once, um, I guess the thing is, is that the, as you increase in level, your responsibilities should be increasing as well. So you're just, you have a lot more on your plate. And that's where, you know, the higher salaries come in. <laughs> <laughs> did you always want to be a writer? I did. I did. Um, <clears throat> I, I started writing when I was in middle school. And um, I went to school and I majored in pre-med, actually. But then I couldn't get this out of my system. And then I, I, the only thing that I didn't know was what kind of writer I wanted to be. So I ended up in New York and tried to be a journalist for a while, right when journalism was dying. And then I tried to write a novel. <laughs> and it turns out I'm very bad with that because it's just too many words. <laughs> and then eventually I had friends who just kind of were like, why don't you try writing a screenplay? It's, you love movies, you love TV. And I thought, okay, I'll try this. And um, just from the first moment I started working in this format, it just made a lot of sense to me. And it, and it was like, oh, okay, this is, this is what I should be doing. <laughs> and it's such uniquely different formats. I mean, like writing for a book is lots and lots of words. And, you know, uh, but then for TV and film, you know, you're not just writing dialogue, you're yeah. writing like, Person A walks into scene and like mm -hmm. open to blah, blah, blah. You know, how did you sort of like take any classes? How did you sort of learn that world? I was really poor at the time. <laughs> so I was, um, I started off just reading a lot of different screenplays and reading a lot of how-to books. Um, and then I had some friends who were going to film school, so they would read my stuff and give me feedback. Um, but I think it's just a, a weird thing where, I I understand the format of screenplays in a way like that I don't think that I understand a lot of things in life. <laughs> it just makes very much sense to me that you you just very simply explain the action that's happening and then you just move into dialogue and then you just keep switching back and forth. Um, it was um, it was a while though before I even moved out to LA after I realized I wanted to do this because. There was the saving money part. There was the trying to get better at this part. Um, I did take some classes. Um, mostly those were good because they there was just so much feedback that you got in it, and I think that's that's the biggest part of getting better at this. But um, but yeah, 
And so you've worked on uh, another show that we cannot mention, uh, but you know, is was. I, you know, I, I'm always sort of fascinated with uh, the Marvel universe is very uh, is very specific and very opinionated, and their fans they come with their whole heart and their whole and like mm. the loudest voices. And you came from one of those worlds to another world. Sort of how how did you sort of get ready for the Marvel world? Well, it's interesting because I I've always been more of a fan of the Marvel universe. <laughs> and so it wasn't that big of a transition. Um, I was super stoked to get to be on the show because um, for me, the whole, you know, strong female character, strong female protagonist is a hugely important thing for me, but not just strong and just physically strong and that's all there is to it. Um, it I feel like Agent Carter is just a really cool show where you actually have a very layered, complicated, strong female protagonist and so being able to be part of that was amazing because I, I was one of those people who went to the theater to see Captain America and even then I remember thinking in my head that that is a great female character so when they were making it into the show it was just like oh my gosh I would love to be part of this so it wasn't it wasn't too much of a transition I um I'm pretty well versed in a lot of the in particularly particularly the Marvel Cinematic Universe so um it wasn't. It wasn't too big of a shock or a transition. Um, I came in and I just kind of was like, "Hi!" <laughs> like, and and you're new for season two. Yeah. Was there you know any like, any, like did you just watch all of season one? So how did you get prepared for joining the team? I watched season one as a fan, so I watched it in real time when it was airing. Um, I DVR'd it and then, you know, I would just watched the whole thing, and it. So it wasn't, I didn't actually have to do a lot of catching up. When I got here, I, I definitely read all the scripts from season one so that I could get into the same voice. But, um, and, I, and I did a refresher course on the Marvel movies that had some bearing on the storyline and on the characters. Um, but yeah, no, I, I was already a fan. So it wasn't, there was no real catching up, per se. Um, <laughs> and and so now um, Peggy's coming to LA. Yeah. So what and and nineteen forties LA, which I'm so excited to see how it's brought to life because I think the history of I mean a lot more people know the history of New York City um, in the early nineteen hundreds, but I don't think as many people know the history of LA. So what was sort of like how did you start researching for this like to bring the historical LA to life? Um, we all did a lot of reading and just. Um, Google searching for various LA landmarks at the time that were available that are, that still exist today that maybe we could incorporate. Um, it helps that um, I I also one of the things I love is noir movies, and so I I've seen I've seen a, a, a good bunch of those those kind of Raymond Chandler, Dashiell Hammett inspired nineteen forties things, and so um, there wasn't. That was also not not too much research. It was it was really just watching some of the more some of the, some of the more standout noirs and kind of hoping to infuse that into the into the show. Um, yeah. what, and what I always think is really great about writing for TV is the collaboration aspect. You know, when um, 
I'm, I'm not, I wouldn't say I'm a writer, but I've been aware of the comic community for much longer than, than sort of like my knowledge of um, film and TV. And in comics, you know, um, there's usually one writer. Maybe there'll be a co-writer. Um, they write, they write a, a, a bullet point list or a basic script and they send it off and the editor works with them, but that is predominant. And maybe they'll work with the creator, but like the, the pencilist. But they sit in a room by themselves and work on scripts while... This, you know, while TV is so requirement of like collaboration mm-hmm. and like not just your writer team, but also, you know, the prop designer and the costume designer. And I think that that's really great. And like, is there, you know, one aspect of the other world that you really like look to, especially maybe for something historical when you're writing? I have to say I love the costumes. <laughs> oh, yeah. Gigi is amazing. Uh, Gigi's great. Um, and I, I had a lot of fun um, seeing a lot of the props into play. We have a really great picture car guy who has put in a lot of effort to find the right cars to give everybody just to add to people's characters what kind of cars would they drive at the time. Um, so, yeah, no, there. I feel like the product, produ- production part of it is just so it's so fast-paced and it's so dynamic and it's one of the things that excites me the most about this medium of writing as opposed to just writing a novel where you really get to just watch things come to life. Um, I don't. I don't think. I mean, all of it fascinates me. Just the lighting, the cinematography, all of it is just super cool. And getting to see it on set is amazing. <laughs> is there a moment or a scene that you're super excited to see come to life? I, there is, but I don't think I can talk about <gasps> it. <laughs> what episode is it in? Um, well, there. Every episode has that one scene that I think is. Super, I'm super stoked to see. There's some fight sequences, not in my episode, but in um, so there's some fight sequences in um, episode five that I'm really looking forward to. There's an opening fight sequence. I don't know if I can say opening, but there's a fight sequence in the pi- in there's a fight sequence in the first episode. Okay, that I think is gonna be great. Um, I. There, in general, there's so many different little scenes. Some, and they're not always fight scenes. Sometimes it's just a little joke. Sometimes it's um, a background gag. But, um, but yeah, there's lots of things in every episode that I'm just really looking forward to see it all cut together and be and, and see how it plays. <laughs> and I'm sure the fans out there will love it. I think that's one of the most amazing things about. Carter fans is that they are loud. They're yeah, you know they're so <laughs> yeah, and they're but they're but they're great because of that. You know they're uh, we did a um, Agent Carter flash mob at San Diego Comic Con during yeah. the signing and seeing like the forty fifty Carters in different variations of her yeah. of her costumes come to like get on stage and like and they most of them did not know that they were going to meet Haley. And so at the end, some of them came up to me and they were like, they had like tears in their eyes. And I I think that's, you know, what makes not, I mean, I loved Peggy to begin with, but the the sheer love that fans have for this show and the excitement that they have for this to come out is really amazing. I think it's also just, um, in general, kind of a hunger to see, like I said, those complicated, layered, strong female protagonists because... um, there are lots of moments when you see somebody who's physically strong, but there isn't that much else going on. Um, a lot of times you see people who are very complicated and layered, but they're somehow inherently weak 
as characters and just kind of seeing all of it together in one person I think is very it's very inspiring for not just the fans but also for us who work on the show yes Peggy is very inspiring <laughs> and it's and Haley just brings her to life and mm -hmm. it's so great well, I want to thank you for joining us. Oh, thank you for having me. Um, make sure everyone watches Asian Carter in January on ABC. Uh, do you have a Twitter that people can follow you at? It is Sue M. Chung. It's at S-U-E-M-C-H-U-N-G. Well, thank you for joining us, Sue. Thank you. We will check you guys later. This is Marvel, <laughs> your universe. Thanks again to the Marvel's writing team of Agent Carter for joining us on the podcast. Do not miss Marvel's Agent Carter on Tuesdays at 9 p.m. Eastern on ABC. As always, if you have questions, you can email us at womanof at marvel.com or tweet at marvel hashtag womanofmarvel. We'll be back next week with even more great content. We'll check you guys later. This is Marvel, your universe.